Hey now, welcome back to the season finale. Uh, if you've tuned in along the way, the season has outlined the hows, whats, and whys of making your personal compass your own little outline as you shape the next one, five, ten years of life. In the last three segments, including this finale, we are constructing actual compass examples in the areas generally considered the top priorities for most people, those of physical health and wealth. And again, you can hit episodes 10 and 11 for those in greater detail. And then lastly, what some would call your spiritual well-being. I use that vague label to cover your mind and heart, no matter if you are religious or not. It is your character, which consists of two parts, the moral code that you set for yourself and your integrity in adhering to that code. In other words, the part of your compass covering your spirit deals with the rules of living that you set for yourself and then your loyalty to yourself in following those rules. Uh, that's really the best definition of character. It's the reputation that you have with yourself. Your conscience knows when you act properly and when you are way wrong based upon your beliefs. So in setting a plan to better your spiritual health, you should follow similar steps to those we used in discussing your physical health and financial wealth. The most immediate concern is always to eliminate the negatives. In this case, it's to discard the incorrect beliefs or the immoral actions in your life currently. And to take this first step, generally the focus of year one is to take an objective, honest inventory of what you think and feel. And I say a year because it may require daily reflection over significant time to methodically assess the larger moral rules upon which you base your actions and your reactions to the world around you. So think generally here, not on things such as whether you go out for a drink or you quit smoking cigarettes or whether you watch the game instead of finishing your work, but rather your broader personal code of conduct. What is most important to you, whether in your role in your family or in friendship or in your company or as a citizen and how you live as your best self in those roles. So to truly open up your heart and mind for a good cleaning on those greater issues, you have to be willing to discard the waste, a willingness that demands that you let go of the two biggest obstacles to personal growth, ignorance and arrogance. Those two are in overflowing supply in our country right now. You see daily examples of, of those two things in politics with Democrats and Republicans. Uh, for example, I hear people on both sides daily literally say, if the other side wins this next election, our country is doomed. And that's a perfect example of ignorance because it is wrong to think that a group of people openly seek the destruction of our country because they disagree with you on certain issues. And it's also arrogance because it's also wrong to automatically believe that your view is always right while refusing to even consider that the opposing viewpoint could offer something positive. So it's the average man's experience uh, over 50 years that no one and no side is always right. There are some good, some bad, some smart, and some mistaken ideas in everyone. And you would be wise to listen and think about opposing or new ideas, to really consider and discern and not just scream over them as wrong or foreign or against your personal ideology. If you allow yourself that vulnerability and discover that you want to change or that you should change a certain attitude or belief, then you, then you do it. That's not weakness or admitting defeat. 
but it is actually evolving and improving as a human being. The old quote here is that the only constant is change. And if I am still thinking at age 75, exactly as I do now at 50 on every issue, then I did a poor job of experiencing life and growing as a person. No different than I could not have had the thoughts being shared now at age 25, a quarter century ago. So our first guest today, which is Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, will explain to you how not to think. This is Aristotle, thought to be the smartest man on the planet. He believed that the earth was the center of the universe and everybody believed him because he was so smart until another smartest guy came around, Galileo, and he just proved that theory, making Aristotle and everybody else on Earth look like a bitch. Unlike what Mac thinks, the fact that we thought the Earth was flat or the center of the universe does not make science a bitch to be discarded or untrusted. It means that through trial and error and experimentation, we learn something new. It makes us stronger, not weaker to admit and accept that new idea or lesson into our minds. I encourage you to really analyze the traditions and the sacred cows in your own life. We can all fall prey to cults of personality or mob rule, so often seen in politics or religion or virtually any group or label that you put on yourself. It's not easy, as Chappelle famously said and was brought out in episode one, most people are too poor or too busy to truly think about how they feel about things. And it can also be isolating. As the Twitter philosophy would say, groups seek consensus, meaning a result that everyone can live with and stand behind, while only individuals seek truth. So you have to do it by yourself, uh, for yourself. You can generally know if you need improvement in this area by Winston Churchill's famous line about how do you know which dog in the pack was hit by a rock, the one that squeals. So if my mention of the other political party having something good to offer or that your religious beliefs may not automatically be correct without deep consideration, if these offended you immediately, then that is a form of ignorance or arrogance that you will not even accept the possibility of opening your mind to new thoughts. As a coach, I used to tell junior high teenagers that never in their life will they have more of a battle with ignorance or arrogance than when they were teens, as never in their life will there be a greater gap between what they think they know, and teens think they know everything, and what they actually know, and teens lack the life experience to form their dreams and their later thoughts correctly. So after a harsh pep talk, I would always say that about 10% of them in the room either think that I'm wrong, and that's ignorance, or that I'm not talking to them, and that's arrogance. And as I've grown up, uh, I have, myself, I have learned that in any group, it's actually much more than 10%. And sadly, it applies very much to adults too. So therefore, an average man or woman should spend the first year or however long it takes itemizing the basic tenets of life that you can hold as unequivocally true and then use those as your sword and your shield as you face each day doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out book of rules or philosophy or even a set of Ten Commandments, for example. Just a personal mission statement that you are always re-examining, but to the knowledge that you have at that point, you are willing to loyally follow and feel good about the results, good or bad, if you do. 
Now, for a comical example of this, I will defer to my second guest star of this segment, the late, great George Carlin, who once boiled down the Ten Commandments this way. So, with all of this in mind, I leave you with my revised list of the two commandments. Thou shalt always be honest and faithful to the provider of thy nookie, and thou shalt try real hard not to kill anyone, unless, of course, they pray to a different invisible man from the one you pray to. Once you start with yourself, the man or woman in the mirror, and you set him or her on a path and with a moral code to be his or her best self, then you can begin to address the longer, overarching five- and ten-year goals for your spiritual self. And the second notion to take with you for that longer haul is a paraphrase for you uh, from a line from my grandmother's favorite prayer of St. Francis. Whether you're religious or not, it is a good rule to always seek to console, understand, and love others more than you seek to be consoled or understood or loved. And the well-known Twitter quote uh, from the ball here is, love is given and not received. And that is definitely true in the way it is felt much stronger as you show love to someone as opposed to it being shown to you. Most of us enjoy giving a gift much stronger or longer than getting one, no matter what commercials may tell you. So find ways within your family and friendships to regularly show them more love. Write your children notes, buy your spouse flowers for no reason, call up a friend and just talk about anything, not just when someone is sick or in need of help. And then thirdly, as your plans and the people around you and even you as a person keep morphing through life over years, continue to focus your spirit and your mind and your heart on those things that give you joy and then finding a way to share that joy with other people. And here's a guest appearance by Morgan Friedman from the movie The Bucket List saying exactly that same thing. You know, the ancient Egyptians had a beautiful belief about death. When their souls got to the entrance to heaven, the gods asked them two questions. Their answers determined whether they were admitted or not. Okay. Those of you that know me know that coaching was always that for me, the activity that gave me passion that I could then pass on to others. And maybe that ties this whole first season of a podcast full circle back to episode one on why an old average man would start such a podcast to share. And oh, well, either way, it started now and we will kick off season two for you later this week. Talk to you soon.